This is episode nine, Worry versus Fear. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Simply Resilient podcast. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and this is a podcast for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of frequent deployments and trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do, and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home. But you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. On this episode, we're going to start with our battle buddy moment, which is a review from Jenica. And she says, Jessie is amazing. Her coaching sessions always give me the tools I need to tackle the issues I'm working on. She knows how to help you find that crucial next step to get you moving forward in the direction you want to go. Positive, easily applicable, tailored to my needs, abilities, and desires, and so worth the investment. Thank you so much for that review, Jenica. We are on day two of my podcast party. I've been posting about it online. I see you guys starting to uh, participate and share and leave me reviews, and I really appreciate that. Remember that there's a chance to win three, one of three pairs of AirPods for your efforts. I know that this is... This will take some of your time and effort to help me out with this, hence the awesome potential reward at the end. So keep that going. I'm going to keep publishing an episode every day this week and posting a lot about my podcast um, on social media this week. So if you could keep um, sharing, rating, reviewing, and then get make sure to get those emails to me. Send me an email at podcast at simplyresilient.net with everything that you've done to get your entries into the drawing. That's the only way that your name will go in the drawing is if I get that email from you kind of summing up what you've done to help share my podcast. And Okay, so like I said, today we're talking about the difference between worry and fear. And this is something that I used to not understand was different at all. I thought that these two words were just two words for the same meaning. But I have now learned that they are very different. And one of the main things that I now know about worry is that worry pretends to be necessary. And just like we talked about in the last episode, worry is an indulgent emotion that does not serve us and it keeps us stuck. Where fear is also an uncomfortable and you would say a negative emotion, but it is purposeful it is often necessary. It is healthy to feel and learn how to allow and learn how to move through it and take the actions we want to take even when we're feeling afraid. I want to give you a couple of examples of these two concepts. So for example, if you are afraid to fly, if you have a fear of flying, that there's no problem with having that fear of flying and learn how to allow that fear, knowing that the plane probably won't crash and that there's a big reward for being willing to fly because you're able to travel around the world and see amazing things and visit your family. Now, when you're on the airplane and you have that fear of flying, this is where worry comes in. Because when you're flying, if you're feeling worried the whole flight about the plane crashing, then you are just completely miserable while you're flying. And the worry looks like, oh no, what was that noise? What if the plane goes down? What if I die in a fiery airplane crash? And none of that worry is actually accomplishing anything except making you miserable. It's not accomplishing anything productive. It keeps you miserable and preoccupied during the flight about all the things that could go wrong. And yet our lower brain offers us us worry and it can feel like we're doing something about the fear of flying that we have. And so when we're worrying about the plane crashing, our lower brain said we can't relax and be at ease during this flight because the plane might crash. And so what it 
feels like you're doing is it feels very irrationally like you are keeping the plane from crashing by worrying about it. Because if you were to let your guard down and relax and not be worried about the plane crashing, that's when it might crash and catch you off guard. Now, I don't know that's how that works for me. I don't know if that's how that works for you, but it does feel kind of funny to say it out loud because obviously that is a quite irrational way to feel like you are keeping the plane from crashing. Um, Another way that this example plays out for me specifically, I don't have a fear of flying, but this is one that I have caught myself really indulging in on worry versus fear. So we live in a world where there are school shootings and there have been school shootings for a long time, but I have watched myself in the last eight years or so as I have had kids in school worry more and more and more about school shootings. And every time there's one in the news, I can't help but imagine if that happened at our school to my children. And when I indulge in this worry about school shootings, I become completely miserable. And not only that, but I go into this very scarce place in my mind of every time my kids leave in the morning, not every time, but when I'm worrying about this, when my kids leave in the morning and I make sure to give them a big hug and a kiss and say, I love you and have a great day today, my mind goes to this place of what if that was the last time that I hugged them goodbye. And I don't enjoy being there. But at the same time, school shootings do exist in this world. So I have learned to separate these two and that it it does serve me and that it is available and and in a way productive to be to have fear about the fact that there are school shootings in the world but not to indulge in worrying about them and so what that means for me is I help my lower brain see that when I worry about them that is not keeping my kids safe it's accomplishing nothing it will not reduce the risk of the school shooting happening in our school and it will not help my kids feel more confident and safe and sure. It just makes me miserable and it probably in some ways has a little bit of an effect on them even though I do feel like I keep it to myself. But then to say that I want to take the measures that I want to take that are in my control like the example I gave of making sure that every morning when I kiss my kids goodbye I give them a huge hug and I tell them I love them but not from a place of what if that was the last time I get to hug them but from a place of I know there are school shootings in my world and that that's a very real fear of mine. And that makes it all the more important that I show up exactly as the mom I want to be every single day. And the mom I want to be is a mom who makes sure that she says I love you to her kids every single day. And that every time they leave, it's a big deal. I give them a big hug. I love it. I love to make goodbyes a big deal, even though it just happens all the time, every day, every morning. And I could very easily just say, see you after school. And and they would be fine and I would be fine. But I love making goodbyes is a big deal. There's always hugs, always kisses, always I love yous. And that's really important to me. And it makes me feel so good inside from that place of abundance versus the scarcity. Abundance, knowing I'm being exactly the mom I want to be in a world where there are school shootings. It might feel like a subtle difference to you, but I have found it to be a huge difference for me as far as decreasing that suffering, that unnecessary suffering that was accomplishing nothing. The worry was accomplishing nothing, but I felt at the time that it was it was helping me be more aware and keeping my kids safer. But just the fear is what does that, not the worry. One reason that we think that worry will serve us is because we don't want to be caught off guard by pain or challenges. I have found this to be true in my life. 
In 2015, I was pregnant with our fifth child. My husband had recently returned home from a deployment and we found out we were having another boy. So at this point we had three girls and one boy and we were now pregnant with a boy. And when I was about five months pregnant with him, I realized one day that I hadn't felt him move in a little while. I didn't feel him move the rest of the day and I went to the hospital and we discovered that he had passed away. It was a cord accident and his cord got basically tied in a knot and so the nutrients weren't able to be delivered to him anymore and he passed away. And it was one of the most heartbreaking things we have ever experienced. I actually uh, am going to be doing a couple of different podcast episodes on all of that. So I will give you more details on that later. But I wanted to reference it at this point because a year or so later when I was pregnant with um, my daughter Grace, I found myself worrying nonstop and understandably so. But I was so caught off guard by the loss of my son and it hurt. It felt like it hurt so much more because he was completely healthy. And he, we had gotten through, you know, the part where you often will miscarry. And we'd had his 20 week ultrasound where they were able to check his brain and his heart and all his organs and his fingers and his toes and everything was perfect. And then to lose him at that point almost felt more like, uh, you know, like a car accident or something where you would lose someone that uh, caught you off guard. It came suddenly and feel like it was their time to go. They were healthy and everything should have been fine. And when I would ponder that when I was pregnant again, how much that hurt. My lower brain said one reason that it hurt so much was because it caught you off guard. You weren't ready for it. And so then it felt very necessary and very productive to think about it all the time and worry about it all the time. And I wouldn't even, I mean, at the time I didn't have any of these tools, but now that I look back on it, I can see that this is what was happening. I didn't even use the words like if this baby dies. It was when this baby dies, my, my next pregnancy, as if that would uh, lessen the blow if she did. Or like I just planned, I was just planning on it. I was planning on losing her as well. And my brain thought that was a really smart plan because it was like, I wouldn't be caught off guard. So it wouldn't hurt so much. I never wanted to feel that way again. And this was my lower brain's plan to accomplish that. And it actually took me to a really dark place to, to try to not connect with my baby, to try to not love my baby and to plan on my baby dying and I went into a pretty a pretty deep depression and was able to go see a therapist and work my way out of that with her and she was able to help me see some of those unproductive ways that I was using that worry as a way to protect me from that potential pain and I was able to realize that if my baby died I would want to be heartbroken I wouldn't want to be spared from that pain I would want it to wreck me because I would be wrecked if any baby died ever for any reason at any point because they're my child and I love them and that's the way I would want to feel in that moment and again that goes back to what we talked about in our last episode with negative emotions and so I just want you to take a look at that that one reason we worry is to not be caught off guard by bad things and we think if we let our guard down that almost increases the chances of those bad things happening and not only that but it will come out of the blue for us another way that this showed up in my life pretty recently was this last time that my husband was deployed we've had two full year deployments. uh, But the first one that was about five years ago, he was in Kosovo. And so while there was maybe a little bit of potential danger, it was not a war zone. And I didn't spend very much time worrying about his safety. This last one, he spent most of his time in Iraq. And there's not a ton of 
danger there right now, but it is a war zone and there are still lots of things happening. And so I found myself spending a lot of time worrying for his safety. And my lower brain would say, if we stop worrying, he won't be safe. And if we stop worrying and he gets hurt, it'll catch us off guard and it'll wreck us. And I was able, now that I have these tools, I was able to catch that and work on it from a different direction. So I actually have a treat for you guys today. Um, As you know, uh, Jody Moore is my coach and I'm in her Be Bold program. And her sister, Natalie Clay, is also a life coach and does some coaching for Jody from time to time. And I love getting coached by Natalie. I've been coached by her a couple of times and really enjoy that. And so I actually have a recording for you today that I'm going to stick in the middle of this episode that is... It was a couple months into the deployment and I was just kind of experiencing a lot of mental fatigue from spending so much time worrying about my husband's safety. And I was trying to use some of these tools and it was working some days and not other days. And I just decided it was time to get coached on it so that I could get some more direction and and help with it. One thing to keep in mind as you're listening to this coaching call is that she uses the word worry throughout the whole coaching call. And I just interpret that in my life as what I was doing that was unproductive for me was worrying. And then the way that she guided me to not resist my worry and to carry my worry around in a purse as in a necessary way is when I switched to the word fear. So she uses worry the whole time, but I've decided to differentiate it between those two words. So here is my coaching call with Natalie Clay. Hi. Nice to see you again. I remember you, Jesse. Yes. Um, be balanced. The want to be balanced now. event. Yes. How okay. are you? Really good. Um, do you remember that we talked about how my husband's deployed? Yes. For a year, That's right? I want to get coached on today. Awesome. Let's hear. Tell me okay. about it. So this is my first time getting coached on these calls. I listen to them a ton. So yay. The drill, but I am excited to get coached. So awesome. Um, I run some models mm-hmm. on the fact that I, I'm worried. Okay. Just all day, every day. Yeah. Um, he was in Texas for a couple of months doing training. Mm-hmm. And now he is over there. So he's in Iraq and Kuwait. He goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I don't worry all day, every day. That is an over-dramatization. I have too much going on to worry all day, every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mostly I run my day, but I've noticed that I try to stay really distracted because when I am just in my mind, then that's when I worry, worry, worry. So I also know that I'm worrying about something in the future. You know, nothing's bad right now. I know that. I know all these things. So the one thing I've been trying to think about is um, what do I want to feel? Because I know I don't want to just feel like, oh, I love that he's over there and I'm not worried at all. Like, I know that's not true and real. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to find what is something true that I can think about. And a couple of the things that I've thought of that are helping for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about how, this is obviously quite emotional, but um, okay. Okay. I think about how I'm so proud of him. Mm -hmm. So that's a thought that helps me like that almost like trumps the worry that helps with that. Um, I think about how, that I know he's doing something important and that he's part of a big, a big mission. So I worry about him individually, but I try to think about the mission, the group that's over there, all the people, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think about how I don't know that he'll be safe, but I know that he is surrounded by guardian angels. 
those are mm-hmm. some of the thoughts I go to that help me okay. not just avoid, because I know I definitely do some avoiding of the worrying. I just try to stay really busy and really distracted. And when I say distracted, I mean like, I mean, sometimes, you know, watching TV or whatever, but I try to just fill up my whole entire day so that I don't have time to just sit and worry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So tell me a couple things I've noticed here. First of all, even that thought when you think I'm so proud of him, I think that is a nice thought. I'm not sure it's bringing you comfort because no, a lot not. of the thoughts you have about him, or it's almost like you've kind of assumed the worst has happened and I'm really proud of him or something or whatever happens. Yeah. So that's, that's why you're not feeling any peace because you're still going to, to him and his experience and who he is. Yeah. But I would ask yourself, like, first of all, when you think about him being over there, like, tell me everything you think about, like, your experience. So what it's like for me while he's over there. Yeah. Like, tell me, like, like let's just say something bad did happen, okay? And so you know that that would be really hard. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not suggesting that you go there and, like, grieve for that right now. Like, that's not necessary. But when you're having all these feelings of worry and fear, you know that's coming from love, right? Yes, for sure. Like, so in a way it's like, it's a good thing that you have this man that you love and this relationship that you love so that when he's over in Iraq and something could potentially happen to him, that's a scary thought. Yeah. Like you said before, that is going in, into the future, the thought that something could happen. And really, if you think about it, any one of us who are in relationships, something could happen to someone at any time. And so like, I want you to think about why is that thought so scary to you? Um, well, because I mean, besides the obvious, the pain and the grief and the sorrow, if we were to lose him, mm-hmm. but it would just yeah. change everything. You know, I just have my life idea, my life plan, you know, of, this is who I'm married to. So I'm going to raise my kids with and, mm-hmm. um, that would all, yeah. So there'd be a lot of unknowns for sure, but I want you to recognize that the thing you're most afraid of is feeling something feeling a negative emotion. You're like, well, the pain and the grief is the first thing you went to. And I'm not suggesting that would be an easy thing, but right now what you're doing is you're feeling some pain and grief ahead of time. Happened, I know yeah. nothing's happened and it's not preparing you. Your brain thinks if you feel this now and if you're prepared for it to happen, then maybe when it happens, it won't be so hard or it won't be oh, that. I've learned that lesson for sure because we, I lost a baby. And so then when I was pregnant again, like I was yeah. about six months pregnant, I lost a baby. When I was pregnant again, my brain kept telling me like, if you just are ready now, baby diet won't hurt so much. Like right. stay there every day of just this baby's probably going to die, you know? And then my baby totally was healthy and fine. And yeah. I had to manage my mind through that and yes. realize that my brain was telling me that weren't true. <laughs> That's right. But or, your brain is trying to protect you, right? Because yes. your brain sees that, that pain and that grief as death for you essentially too. But like that is too terrifying. You cannot have that happen. So if you're worried now, maybe there's something you can do to prevent it. Or if you're worried now, like we think sometimes that replaces it. Prepared if mm-hmm. it yeah, but I in the situation you're in now, yeah, you know, there's nothing that, that needs to be done from you. So if you like it, and again, it's that idea of like, well, if I'm not worried, then it's like your brain's like, no, you have to be worried. You have not to be worried. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, my job. <laughs> but this is what I would suggest is why not allow yourself to be a little bit worried sometimes? Yeah. Right? And that's what I was thinking. Like at the beginning when I was saying, like, I'm trying to decide what I want to feel. And I do, yeah. I think I legitimately do want to allow for 
an appropriate amount of worry. I think it does serve me if I keep it not tiny, but if I keep it proportionate, maybe, I don't know what the right word is because you know, it is a, a real thing. And also like my kids, I'm working with them all the time on things they're feeling. Yeah. So I can't just be like, no worries, kids, we're all good. You know, like, yeah. But I, that's I, not real for you either. That's not your real experience right yeah. now. So, so I would just decide maybe you don't need to try to control it because what I hear from you is when you're keeping yourself busy all day, you're trying to resist it. You're trying to just like, okay, I shouldn't be feeling worried all the time. There's nothing I can do. So I've got to just make myself busy and maybe all of a sudden I won't be worried. But instead, like, I don't think you need to run from that worry. I think you can just decide like, yeah, my brain's worried, but really like sit with it for a minute and recognize, okay, my brain is trying to spare me from some future um, hurt, but really there's nothing I can do right now, but I want to allow myself to just, it's okay. I'm just going to think loving thoughts about my husband right now, send him good vibes or whatever it is that helps you in that moment. Just like take a moment to maybe just love your husband extra in that moment and think some nice thoughts about him and allow yourself to feel a little bit worried and go about your day. So that way it's more just like the worry is kind of just passing by rather than it's there and you're like, go away or it's there and you're like, okay, now I have to be stuck in worry forever. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I would just decide like, yeah, I'm going to be worried sometimes, but then remind yourself too, like, okay, the worst thing that's could happen is a negative emotion. And if that did happen, I would feel sad. I would feel grief, but that's clean pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that grief and pain, it serves you like that, that clean pain is there for a reason. It helps you heal. And it's, that's what happens when we love someone, which is a huge blessing to be able to have someone you love. But no matter what happens, even if there's some grief and pain at some point, you still get to love him. Like that never goes away. So maybe this is a really good time right now for you to practice that. Like no matter what happens to him physically, I get to love him always. So when that worry comes up and you like remind yourself, like, it's okay, of course, I'm going to be worried. And I, and you can process the emotion, you know how to process emotion, right? You've been in here a while. So just like allow the worry, just, just decide like, this is just worry. This, my brain thinks I should be worried. There's nothing I should be doing, but maybe when I feel worry, I'm just going to think some loving thoughts about my husband and go about my day. Something yeah, like- I know that when I resist it, it can get bigger. Yes. So I've been watching myself do that, resist it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been trying to find, you know, like I like, I like everything you're saying. And I like one thing you said, I'm just gonna have to rewatch this because I'm not writing anything down, but um, I can't even remember more, but something you said was great. And I'm gonna go back and rewatch it and write it down. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's a thought I could think. Yeah. Oh, no matter what happens, I get to love him. Yes. No matter I, what. I no matter what. No relationships exist in our mind. And so even though like, and that's the thing is I don't get to talk to him a lot. I mean, we get to talk pretty much every day, but sometimes it's just a quick text yeah. So, then, so then the other thing that will happen sometimes is um, I won't hear from him for a couple of days mm-hmm. because of a different, a variety of circumstances. Yeah. So in my normal day to day, when I'm here from him every day, I don't worry as much. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing from him and I'm getting updates. And I know how things are over there, but I went two and a half days last week with no explanation and no hearing from him. And, you know, I'm texting him and I can see he hasn't even read my text, which is just so mm-hmm. completely unusual. Mm-hmm. And so I just know that can happen. So mostly I can tell myself like, this just happens for some reason. He can't contact me and everything's okay. Yeah. But there's still that 5% of, or maybe this is, sure. this is okay. 
you know? And so I just, so mm-hmm. I think that's good of just, it's very normal to have a little bit of worry and fear and panic mm-hmm. in those moments, but to just allow it, feel it, yeah. let it be what it is. Yes. Okay. It, yes. <laughs> You're like, okay, that's not totally taking away the pain, but that's okay. You don't want the pain to go away. Cause if you didn't care at all, like think how different an experience that would be. Yeah. Well, and I try to think about like how you're saying, like any of us could lose our spouse anytime, any day, like cars. Yeah. You know? And when, when, when I, when like my brain will about like, Oh, like my kids go to school and my brain will say, Oh, school shooting or something, you know, like that'll yeah. fleet in and fleet out. And I'll be like, no, you know, yeah. I can't control that. That's not, or like, Oh, what if, you know, he maybe he's 20 minutes late getting home from work on a regular day. And I'm like, Oh, cars. No, you know, yes. Can happen. Yeah. I can't control it. You know, I can let those go away, but where it's this every day, like it's like a marathon of worrying mm-hmm. rather than just little worrying sprints. You know? Yes. <laughs> and you so know I'm good at working on the worrying sprints with the worrying marathon. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need, I need like a real plan. This is a long time. He's going to be over there nine months. So yes. Okay. Nine months. Honestly, I think this is such a good opportunity for you to really gain some awareness for sort of around your thoughts and get really good at this. Because like you said, it's like, it happens in all areas. So what if you use this time to kind of master this area of your life? Because like, when you think about like the worst thing that could happen to your kids or to your husband or anything, and that's a negative emotion. I think when we try to manage our mind, sometimes we're like, well, the chances of it happening are, are low. So then we decide to feel okay. What if we just decided, okay, we don't even have to think about the odds because that's, you're leaving it to outside circumstances to decide how you're going to feel. And sometimes stuff happens. And if you just decided, what if like, I'm going to just assume that I always, I'm going to know what to do if something happens. If something happens, it's possible that I can get through it and be okay. And yes, there would be a lot of pain. That's something I don't want to have happen but it's possible that I will survive it and there'll be things we learn from it and we will be okay that I will know how to handle that negative emotion. Yeah, for sure. And I like how, I think it was in her podcast, but Jody talked about when you're afraid, zoom in. Right. And so that's yes. what I tried to do. Uh-huh. I the, oh, I haven't heard from him for a day or a day and yeah. a half days. I just think, I don't know where he is or when I'm going to hear from him, everything's okay, but I'm going to zoom in. Yes. <laughs> When I zoom out, it's so scary. So I'm going to yes. zoom out. Yes. And I'm going to focus on what's just next. We'll just have lunch. Yes. And then maybe I'll good. hear from him. And then mm-hmm. we'll just look at home or you know, whatever. And then maybe I'll hear from him. But yeah. zooming in has been really helpful too. Good. I like that. But also too, I would practice like it's possible that I'm, gonna, I'm going to be able to handle whatever comes. Yeah. I would know what to do that I will know what to do, that I will get through it. Like if you think about your life, you've experienced some hard things, losing a baby, that was hard. So if you look back at that, like, first of all, your brain tells you that happened and that was horrible. So you should be more scared of the future, but you could choose to look at that and decide that was incredibly painful and I survived it. And maybe there was some things you even learned from it. And so, yes, of course, we're not like picking like, okay, I want some hard things to happen. Some people are like, pray for hard things. And I am not that way. I'm like, let's keep all the hard away. But you know that no matter what happens, like, I think this is a really good time period for you to practice knowing like, whatever happens, it's possible I can get through it. It's possible we're going to be okay getting through it, that I'll know what to do. And I don't have to feel all this fear and negativity right now. I can just 
hope for the best and know that whatever happens, I'm going to be able to get through it. But know that like sometimes like when you haven't heard from them a couple days and you're feeling really worried, that's okay. You don't need to try to talk yourself out of that. Just like, I'm going to be worried until I hear from him and that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Allow for it. And it'll be, it won't be as big as when I resist it. I know that's that. exactly right. Yeah. And my brain for sure tells me when I, cause it looks for evidence in the past and I look, think yes. of that pain I felt with my baby and my brain yes. like, never feel that pain ever again. That's right. We can never feel that pain again. But I do, when I, when I look back at that experience um, with my managed mind, I'm able to see like our family grew so much and my yes. testimony grew and I learned so much and my relationship with my savior 10x we always say 10x. totally <laughs> anyway so and i did know what to do yeah and i'd never been through that and i knew what to do yes and i felt all those things and yeah so again like i think sometimes when i hear that i'm like yes that's exactly right but when i apply it to myself i'm like but i don't want to get to that place where i'm okay that it could happen not okay that it could happen but where i'm like i grew and all this because i almost feel like i'm allowing something to happen like yeah, it's not, I know. but it's not that at all it's just like yes we don't want that to happen and we do everything we can to keep our children safe and our family safe and us safe but things happen sometimes and if it does like, I, I don't even have to go there right now because nothing has happened. So right. I would, when you start getting that fear too, I would put yourself back in the present. Say, hey, right now, everything right is now. okay. Even right. though I haven't heard from my husband, okay, this is how it goes there sometimes. I, I can't always hear. I'll know what's happening as soon as I need to know. Right now, I can just assume everything is okay. That's not going to change anything. And if my mind thinks I need to be a little bit worried, it's okay. Like I like Brooke Castillo talks about that anxiety or that worry, sometimes just carrying it around like a purse. Like, that's okay. I'm just going to keep that worry with me today. I'm not going to try to get rid of it. It's just going to be there and that's okay. Like, and then process it, like where you're feeling it in your body and like, it's okay. Worry is just going to be with me for the next few days. And that's not a problem. I like that image. Maybe it's a really cute purse too. Like make it a really cute purse. If I have to carry it around. <laughs> yes. It's super cute. Yes. But I like that image because I feel like it's slightly separate from you. It's not you. It doesn't have to consume all of you. You can still function in your life and decide, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit worried and that's okay. I'm coming from love. I'm thinking some loving thoughts about my husband, but I can still, everything as far as I know is totally fine right now, but worry can hang out for a while. It seems my brain thinks I need it. So trying to let go of it, my brain's going to yell louder. It's going to get more intense. So I'm just going to allow it to be there and it's going to be okay. So this is going to be a really good practice for you to like learn how to live with some worry. So that's fun. (laughs) It's a cute purse. That's how I'm going to make it. I love having that visual, like, you know, just visuals like that where, Yes. It almost make you like smile, like yes. in the midst of it. Cause you know, yeah. That's yeah. And then think about how you want to feel by the end of that. When he comes home and you've had all this opportunity to do all this work, like think about anything you face in life as your kids get older and they're driving and they're like all these other things that I don't like to think about at night. Yeah. But like, think how good you're going to be at managing your mind around anything like that. Like this can really help you out. Like this is going to be a good skill you're going to develop during this time. I'm going to master it. Yeah. You might as well use it for that, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. That's all very helpful. Thank you, Natalie. All right. It was great to see you, Jesse. Good luck with that. Nine months. I hope it flies. Okay. Take care. Bye.
I hope you guys enjoyed that. Such good stuff. Um, Thank you, Natalie, for letting me share that here on my podcast. And thanks for coaching me. I always love working with you. If you want to check out Natalie's work, she has a podcast. It's called Couples Coaching with Natalie Clay. And it is a fantastic podcast. I highly recommend it. So I want to end today with a quote that kind of wraps up all that we've talked about in this episode. And it is from the book, The Hiding Place. And Corey Ten Boom says this. She says, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Oh, that just says it so beautifully because we don't accomplish what we think we're accomplishing by spending time worrying. We actually weaken our efforts. We we drain today of its strength by worrying about what may happen tomorrow. Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode with a hot mess moment. So this one is from a couple years ago. We had recently done a project where we opened up the ceiling to install some ceiling fans and we had finished the project and a couple of days later there was still um, kind of a slit of opening into the attic because where we had placed the ceiling fans didn't perfectly match up with the the lighting hole that we used but it was pretty close and there was just this gap and so a couple of days later we were just hanging out as a family in that great room where we installed the ceiling fans and uh, we have high ceilings in this room so we were up on like a 17 foot ladder to do this job and um, so my daughter's laying on the ground looking up at the ceiling and we're all just chatting and she says mom there's something up there and I thought no no and I just didn't even look and I was like it's just a shadow whatever and she says no mom really I see legs and I was like what so I look up there and I see two or three huge spider legs coming out of this crack in my attic. Now we live in Eagle Mountain, Utah. And one thing that we have in here in Eagle Mountain are wolf spiders. And I have never seen one inside my house. They are awful, but we're kind of used to them now. We get lots of pest control, so we we don't see them very much, but we do see them outside from time to time. And they are a little bit like a tarantula. They're pretty big. (laughs) One thing I do like about them is they don't make webs or nests. They're hunters, so they don't have homes and they carry their young on their back. And so I never worry about there being like an infestation in my home because they don't make homes. So that, I do like that. And my kids are weirdly not afraid of them, which is kind of awesome. But um, anyway, they are big and hairy and scary and awful. And this is actually a really perfect hot mess moment for this episode because I have a fear of spiders not a huge fear but like a medium fear of spiders I don't like them I have no trouble killing the little ones but the big ones are a little challenging for me but I try not to spend a lot of time worrying that there's like a spider in my bed with me because pretty much there never is and then I just make myself miserable so anyway back to the story Brad was deployed but my parents were there and so my dad and I teamed up to take care of this big spider that had somehow gotten into my attic and was now coming out this hole in the ceiling because it was seeing light and noise and it wanted to go check it out. So we didn't want the spider to go back into the hole. We had to get it out of there. So my dad went up to our bridge that he could get pretty close to where the spider was and he used a broom to like 
sideswiped the spider out of the hole. And I was down on the main floor with one of my husband's big soldier boots <laughs> ready to smash this thing. Like I we had all the kids go way into the kitchen so that they wouldn't like accidentally land on them and everyone's just braced for impact. So my dad swipes the spider the spider with his broom and it goes flying. Like I was really grateful it didn't go back into the ceiling because then I would just know it was in there. So I was relieved that he got it out and it goes flying and it's big enough that when it hits the ground it like makes a thud like a little thud sound and everyone's screaming just at the top of their lungs and it starts running and I couldn't believe how fast it was so I had to run after this huge awful spider and just slam it with this big boot and it was a whole completely successful operation but it was one of the creepiest things I've ever done in my life and I was so relieved that we got it and that I've never seen one in my house ever again but man that's a fun story to tell people when they're in my house because then they start to feel a little creepy but just know that that's not a common thing for us we get lots of pest control sprayed and and we don't struggle with that but again it's helpful to have a fear of spiders because they're awful but to not spend a lot of time worrying about spiders because then you just be miserable. My fear of spiders is what motivates me to get pest control and things like that. And my worrying of spiders is what makes me lose sleep at night. So which one serves you, right? Like just take a look at that, the fear and the worry. And that's actually your mission for the week is to start to identify what areas of your life you're spending time worrying about and just take a look and see if that's serving you. And if it is, go ahead and keep doing that. I would argue if it, with you that it is, but that's okay. You can keep whatever worries you want to keep, but to just channel your fear instead, just a healthy amount of fear for things that really do need some fear and to try to stay steer clear of that worry that does not accomplish anything except that unnecessary suffering for you. Thank you for listening and making time in your day. If this podcast resonates with you, send an email to jesse at simplyresilient.net. To schedule a free mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.